Welcome back to the D3 Golf Guys podcast. All right, gang. The season has officially started. Not to mention, the D3 Golf Guys have even been to a tournament, which is even better. But first, a quick note from our friends at Pinned. Our friends at Pinned have created an absolute dream of a rangefinder. It has slope. It has the vibrating lock-in when it gets that yardage. It's really easy to read. It's really easy to adjust. And more importantly, it's USB chargeable. And that makes life that much better. In order to pick up your new Ace from Pin Golf, check the link in the description of this podcast and make sure you use the code D3GOLFGUYS to get an extra $20 off your purchase from Pin Golf. Okay, let's get into the meat of the episode. Welcome to the first results po- podcast of the year. Could not be more excited for what we get to talk about tonight, friends. And that means we have live golf going on throughout the country. Also very excited for what's upcoming, and we'll talk about that towards the end. But first, let's start with some recent results from the ladies of Division Three Golf. All right, first, I want to take you up to St. Lawrence Golf Club in Canton, New York where the St. Lawrence team was hosting several of our friends from the Northeast. Now, why am I starting with this? Well, one, during the fall, we have to talk a lot about more of the Northern schools. As we learned last year, the Northern schools don't get the chance to start as early in the spring. So that fall season is way more important. So we're going to focus on a little bit of that, as well as some of the other big things that are going around the country. So St. Lawrence Lawrence hosts a ladies tournament up there. And lo and behold, who shows up? New York University, NYU, who we know is really good, they show up and they come out with a 281 in round one and a 290 in round two for a team total of 571 or five under par. Okay, so that brings up a very important question. Remember, we've talked all summer about anticipating the shorter yardages and are we going to get more quality good rounds and more rounds under par for the ladies well i think the big answer so far is yes so here you have the nyu team they finished one two three four and five actually they tied for first but you have madison fung from nyu with a 69 73 two under total and michelle Zhao also from nyu 71 71 total both two under par for the entire for the two-day event Nalinda Wanikpin with a 70-73 one-under, and Camilla Chung with a 71-78, and Mimi Chen with a 78-73. Now, I'm not going to go through a lot of the rest of this. Cortland State finished second, Ithaca third, Union College, New York fourth. But as we start to look at that Northeast group, NYU is a challenger in that space with the likes of Williams and some of the other schools that we know we can count on up there. I know that's something we had talked about last year. Here's NYU showing up. So this is a really good result, and it's a really good test of, hey, we've got people shooting under par, and under par as a team, which I think really shows, hey, we're doing something right here. All right, next up, let's take a trip to Granville, Ohio, and the Denison Golf Club for the Lynn Schweitzer Invitational. Uh, Denison was uh, nice enough to host this, and it is a fabulous tournament. I cannot wait to get there, and I think uh, talking to Coach Grogan, I think I might have to go show up there next year, and we might have to do some special merch just for the ladies. But 
let's talk about this year's event where, again, another very good field. A lot of the Ohio schools and some of the other central schools, but one Southern school showed up and pretty much dominated. So Emory University's ladies come up north and play in the Denison tournament, and they shoot a 298, 292, 590 total to win by almost 40 shots, 38 to be exact. Denison, Denison finishes second, 316, 312, not bad. Uh, Stevenson third, Otterbein four. Um, <clears throat> Bridgewater, Allegheny, Olivet, Wooster, Bluffton, and Shenandoah follow. Really good playing by the Emory ladies. Uh, Ellen Dong tied for first with Irene Wang, both from Emory. Both shoot 72, 72, 144, even par total, which is really good, consistent playing. Uh, their teammate, Sharon Munn, from Emory, 75-70, which is a two under par on the final round. So again, we're seeing some under par rounds, which I think is very good. Uh, Denison's best score was fourth, Kate Griffin, 76-75. So again, you know, Denison takes care of business with most of the Midwestern schools, but Emory does come up, so that's probably a win for the South. And again, with the automatic qualifiers, it's less important than what it was in the previously but again as we'll talk about later with the men these kind of things matter where you see Emory come up from the into the midwest and win the tournament they won it by 38 shots so now when you start to look at things in pool c pool b as we talk about nationals these things do matter um so we'll be kind of keeping our eye on this again it doesn't really end anybody's season but it's something interesting to hold on to as we continue down the path all right now, for the ladies, let's go to Lexington, Kentucky at the University Club of Kentucky and the Wildcat course for Transies Tournament. Now, first off, a big thank you to Coach Brian Lane for having us out. We could not have been more excited. It was awesome to be out there. It was great to have a whole bunch of people come by and say hello and pick up some merch. And we gave away some golf balls. We took a ton of video. We're going to try to put together a, a video of the event, uh, see if we can put it on our YouTube channel. Um, you just have to be patient with us to try to figure out how to do all that. Um, but let's get into the actual events of the Transies Women's Side Tournament, where the Center College Colonels dominated pretty significantly. In fact, they won by 45 strokes. So your finishing position is... Center one, Rose Holman had a really nice comeback on the last day with 309. Um, they finished second. Transy finishes third. Uh, DePaul fourth. Uh, Rose Holman's actually, Rose Holman's B team finished fifth, uh, significantly further back. Uh, Piedmont, Hanover, Asbury, Spalding, and Wittenberg. So, again, uh, a, a good field, but Center's women absolutely dominated. I got the chance to watch several of them. Hit who man? I can't wait for the entire country to to be able to see Riley Suter hit a golf ball. She is fabulous and hits it really, really nicely. And the rest of her team does a pretty good job too. And uh, our good friend Coach Jane has really got the center women ready to go. In fact, they had three individuals there at the tournament, and they had, two of them actually finished in the, inside the top seven, which is even more impressive. Because by the way means that they could be even more dangerous than what they what they showed here. On an individual basis, Riley Suter runs away and hides. She shoots a she shoots an even par 72 in round 1 and a 4 under par 68 
in round two. And then comes back with a one under par 71 in the third round. Which, again, what we're showing you is, is the ladies are able to get to, to certain holes now. And we're, we're starting to see some more birdies. There's, there was three eagles during the tournament. Uh, those are all really good things. Uh, Margaret Butts, also from center. Um, shout out to the selfie. I really appreciated that. Uh, Margaret played absolutely great. She shot uh, 79 the first round. A little bit of a struggle. And I think I heard her say that she really hadn't seen the course a whole lot. But then she comes back around the second time around and goes 72. And in round three, actually beats Riley that day. Shoots a two under par 70, uh, which is absolutely fabulous playing. Uh, Their teammate, Emily Warner, finishes third with a 76-70-76. Sydney Wiener from DePaul University finishes fourth. Uh, Precious Salee from Rose Holman finishes tied for fifth with Annika Rana, who is one of the individuals from center, and Jenilee Nolan, also one of the individuals from center, uh, finishes seventh with Megan Grant from center's A-team eighth. Faith Wiley from Asbury University, ninth. Emma Spencer from Transy finishes 10th. Uh, so it was a really good playing out there. I was just really impressed with uh, the way the center team really hit. They hit the golf ball. They were in control of what they were going. Um, I think they got off to a little bit of a slow start, but that second time around on the first day of 36. Who man, they they really put the hammer down and, and did something pretty pretty special there. You know, when you're looking at the team score and, and you see a 287 in there, that that's that's pretty special. We haven't seen a lot of that, you know, on the women's side in division three. And I think that goes back to what we've been talking about is those two hundred yards are making a big difference. And I can't wait to continue down this path to keep seeing, all right, where do we look? And we'll wait till we get a little further into the year to really identify and start to calculate what we think the impact of it has been. Uh, but congratulations to the center women that played absolutely fabulous. Um, more importantly, they have some of the best parents out there. We know we all have all our D3 parents, but any parents that bring the D3 golf guys donuts when they are at the tournament, you get a special shout out. So center parents, thank you again. We appreciated that. Um, and we can't wait to see you guys again. We're going to take a quick break to talk about our friends from Titleist. Titleist is the number one brand in golf. And if you haven't tried the new T-Series irons, you're missing out. They are some of the best irons that Titleist has ever made. And you're talking to a guy who played the original black DCI irons. All right, That was the most solid iron I thought I'd ever made. Titleist has outdone themselves with the new T-Series irons. They're great. They have playability. They have forgiveness. They're absolutely fabulous. The next Titleist demo day you can go to, absolutely do it. Once you try them, you will not put them down. You will insist on having them. So go check out the new T-Series irons from Titleist. All right, now let's go over and talk about the men's tournaments. Let's go up to the Gatorade Intercollegiate that was hosted up in Zoar Village, Ohio, where... The guys from Capital had a very good couple of rounds. They came out with a 283 and a 282 to shoot 11 under. Um, finishing second was Westminster College from Pennsylvania. Wooster was third. Penn State Alatoona fourth. Baldwin Wallace fifth. Muskingum tied for fifth. Marietta seventh. And Hiram eighth. Now, I, this is a pretty good 
performance out of capital. And that's a really nice victory over some good teams. Westminster, Wooster, Penn State, Alatoona, all pretty solid. I mean, and, and honestly, those teams all played well. Westminster goes 291, 289. They're only four over par. Um, that They got beat by 15 shots, and they were nine shots ahead of Wooster, who, who shot 293, 296. Uh, Penn State, Alatoona, 305, 289. Um, could come back in the last day to make sure they got into that four spot and, and jumped over Baldwin, Wallace, and Muskingum. Uh, on the individual shot side, uh, Shane Murphy from Capital goes 70, just like most of the team on uh, Capital in the first first round, and comes back in round two and shoots a 68 for a six under total. Just really, really good playing. Andrew Simpson, also from Capital, 70 round one, 71 in round two for a three under total. Uh, Colin Frommel from Capital, 70-74. David Dennis from Wooster, 72-72. And Johnny Stuckert, Westminster, Pennsylvania, 71-73. All tied for third with at even par. Uh, So really good playing there. Um, I know uh, Andrew Ferguson also with a 68 on on the second round there. So, uh, again, we're seeing really good low scores. Looked like a good tournament, but I was really impressed with Capitals win uh, over that crew. And that's a, uh, that'd be one to keep an eye on. That may have an impact later on in the year. Okay. Uh, let's go out to Texas. Let's check in with our friends in Texas. Cause we haven't spent a lot of time there where the pine dunes invitational was being uh, conducted in Frankston, Texas, where a very interesting result. Uh, Laterno university comes out on top. Uh, they had three rounds out there. Laterno goes 298, 296, 299. Um, and they end up beating Texas Lutheran, three o- who went 305, 294, 298. So Texas Lutheran was better than on the round two and round three. Uh, but Laterno had enough of a lead to hold off, hold them off by four shots. Our friends at McMurray, as, as we th- probably expected, 310, 302, 309 for a third place finish. Providence Christian and Jacksonville Community College came in fourth and fifth, respectively. But uh, just interesting to focus on that Laterno, Texas, Lutheran, and McMurray. Uh, I think our guesses on McMurray, you know, probably is going to take a little time to replace, you know, Brendan Lawrence and, and Lane Roy. That's going to take a little time. Uh, but interesting from Laterno and Texas Lutheran. So uh, Corbin Barton from Laterno, uh, won the event individually with 70, 76, 69 for a one under total. Uh, Toby Wills from Texas Lutheran, 76, 68, 75 for a three over second place finish. Chase Mouse from Texas Lutheran, 76, 71, 73 for the four over. Uh, Bryson Thurston from Laterno, 72, 74, 76. And Nicholas Chavez from uh, Providence Christian, 78, 78, 70. Uh, again, I, I think that's just an interesting thing to, as we might have to reset a few things in Texas for uh, a couple of those conferences where you had some senior teams that have had some turnover. So an interesting early result in the Texas uh, arena for the men. Okay, now let's get to the transi tournament for the men. Boy, we had a lot of fun out there watching a lot of the men's competition. We were bouncing back and forth between the two 18s, watching the women and the men. And boy, there were a lot of birdies being made over the men's side. They were throwing some darts out there. There had been a bunch of rain in the uh, in the area before and after. Um, 
and so and during as uh, I think Coach Lane showed his, his assistant coach, aka his son, out there squeegeeing off uh, rain in order to get the third round in, but uh, it didn't seem to hurt scores any. In fact, it might have helped them. But anyway, they were throwing some darts out there. Uh, really great play, and it was awesome to see in round one. Uh, our guy Reed Gritton from Transy was absolutely on fire. Um, to the tune of, he, he even stopped to take a picture with us, and we didn't even really know what was going on until afterwards when Coach Lane told us where he was at from an under par. But Reed's such a great quality kid. He stopped over to say thank you for coming out and, and kind of supporting Division Three. Uh, he was six under through seven at that time. If I was six under through seven, I'd have been so locked in, I wouldn't have talked to anybody. Uh, he, we wa- we watched him on the par three, and again, I hope to get this video out. He knocked it into, I don't know, eight, ten feet, can the birdie putt to go seven under through eight. Uh, he ended up shooting sixty six in the first round. It was very good golf g- golfing that day. Um, it was great. Uh, my favorite part was Reed gets up on the par three, starts uh, waving Coach Lane over, like come over here, come over here. And Coach, you could see Coach Lane didn't really want to go over. It's like he's like six under. I'm not talking to the guy, but it, they actually had a really good conversation. It was it was a good coach player interaction, and and it was reassuring. You'd watch him just absolutely knock down a pin uh, on a on a not an easy par three, and uh, it was great playing. But you know, as you get into the tournament, you know day one or day one with two rounds in it, it was you know very interesting as you can kind of see the ebb and flow of where things were, and it really showed a lot of the, de- the decisions of coaches. And I'll get into that here in a little bit, but let's just go through the results. So interestingly enough, much like in the women's side at Denison's tournament. Here, Barry College comes up from the south, and they end up winning at 10 under par total, where they shot 11 under 277 the last day. Now, that is golfing your ball. So, Barry College wins at 10 under. Wittenberg University, who we knew a lot about last year, and Coach Laszlo was on the podcast, they come in with 9 under, one shot back. They were three under the last day, and it's hard to tell you somebody, hey, you're three under and, and you got lapped, but that's pretty much what happened. Greensboro College, also from that south region, uh, finishes four, uh, third at four under, and they were eight under the last day. Um, and unfortunately, the the host, Tran- Transy, really kind of stubbed their toe in the last day with a 296 while everybody else was going low. Um, they, they were really pretty well out in front and that even results into what we also saw is the transy b team is it's was finished seventh um Otterbein and milliken tied for fifth and it was great to meet a lot of the teams and a lot of the players out there on all these teams uh just to run down the rest of the teams uh kenyon eighth webster ninth the third guy will hawker uh, who played very well uh central college iowa allegheny DePaul, center Franklin College, Rolls-Holman, Ohio Wesleyan, Hanover, Spalding, Earlham, and Mount St. Joe's uh, in that order. Uh, <clears throat> so a really great field. And it was it was just really a great big field that had a lot of good players in it. It was fun to watch. Um, boy, if, I, if there's ever a way to figure out how to broadcast this, I can get everybody in the country to watch this stuff because it's just really great kids playing some great golf. As we get into the individuals, you know – it's one of those things too where, all right, Transy won. Drew Stoltz from Transy won. 
uh, the individually. But here's the problem. He wasn't on the Transy A team. He was on the Transy B team. Now, why do I bring this up? Because this is the dichotomy of what coaches go through. One, you, you want to take as many players to as many tournaments as you can, right? Like, that's great. And now, obviously, Drew's probably going to be in the lineup the next time. But because he wasn't this time, and that had, may have nothing to do with anything anybody really could control, you know, if he's in, if he's in the A squad, they win. They win by a lot because they get 10 under par total. That's right. Drew Stoltz goes 71, 69, 66 the last round for a 206. <laughs> Outstanding play. Uh, finishing second is Carter Hassenplug from Allegheny, which was, by the way, it's great to see the guys from Allegheny back out there. And coach, this one's for you. I hope you're enjoying your walk. But, uh, you know, Carter played great. Seven under total, four under last round, 70, 71, 68. Uh, Blake Farman from Barry, uh, great tournament, six under total, 72, 69, 69, really consistent, good playing. Uh, now, three retired at fourth, and I'm going to do my best here, Greensboro, but Zeke Dukes from Greensboro, five under, 70, 72, 69, and you guys at Greensboro, you can beat me up later for that. Uh, Jack Patterson from Milliken, five under also, and Reed Gritton, who we talked about earlier, uh, five under for the tournament, 66, 70, 75. Um, Seth Jolly uh, from Barry finished seventh at four under, and then two tied for at eighth. Jack Stafford also from Barry at three under, and Evan DeSanto from Wittenberg at three under. So uh, we had two other tied for 10th. Kurt Fortman from Otterbein and Tyler Reitz from Milliken. Both were two under. I mean, you, even par gets you tied for 16th at this tournament. So Really good uh, playing out there. Will Hawker, our, our guy from the national champion last year, he ended up finishing tied for 12th. He was one under for three rounds, 71, 74, 70. That, that's good enough. Uh, also, one of my favorite uh, coincidences of the of the week, uh, our, Will Hawker from Webster was playing with, uh, with a gentleman from Center College, Will Hacker. So you had Will Hawker and Will Hacker playing together. Very, very ironic. Um but it was great to have everybody back out there. It was just absolutely some phenomenal golf being played. There was a lot of birdies out there, um, several eagles. Uh, it was great to see just such high quality. But again, this is the issue with, you know, you, the B team is there. And like, okay, you want to see Drew play well, right? And so now you know, okay, Drew's probably going to make the lineup. But if Drew's in the lineup, they win. And they probably win pretty easily depending on who he, you know, bumps out of there. And so that's one of those things that coaches struggle with, and it's tough because you're trying to get the five right, and there's a lot of times when you got six or seven guys, you're trying to figure out who's going to be hot that week and who's got it that week because the next week it could be totally different, and it's tough. Um, and so why am I bringing this up? Because I'm not so sure that the players and the parents understand the agony that, the coaches go through in trying to figure out who is in the lineup every week. Now, a lot of coaches will just do simply, you know, just simple qualification and you play your way in, you play your way out, you know, no problem. Um, I, I, I'm a fan of that, but I don't subscribe to it totally. I think you have to have some coaches judgment. I think there is opportunities for younger players that 
need some experience. I think you get the opportunity to bring a B team, you get to see that. And that's where stuff like this is great. Um, but I really felt for the Transy guys when I saw Drew playing so well and went, oh no, he's on the B team. Um, now, it really wasn't a big issue until the last till the last round where Transy really did slip back, uh, you know, quite a bit. And they shot 296. Well, everybody else, you know, went much lower than them after that. But that's just one of the things that happens in college golf period is you're trying to figure out who's in the lineup. One, who deserves to be in the lineup? Two, who do you want to be in the lineup? And then two, who do you need to have in the lineup? And that's tough. And I bring this up just to have this conversation out loud with everybody who listens to the podcast. Being a college golf coach is sometimes agonizing because you've got great kids, you've got great players, and you just don't know all the time because they're 18 to 22 years old who's showing up for what tournament and where you're going and all that. It's no different than college basketball or college football. College athletics are young people who are going through a lot of different stuff and Sometimes you get somebody on the on the right team at the right time and you hit one and you knock it out of the ballpark. And other times somebody's playing on the B team or is playing as an individual and, oh, man. Now, here's the good news, right, for tr- all you transy fans. You figured out what's going on. And I'll give you an example from last year. Illinois Wesley, if you go back to our podcast with Coach Ott he, and, and, the, and the guys, Ethan Wilkins, who was a really important player for them down the stretch, he went as an individual down to Jekyll Island, and he played exceptionally well. And it's one of those things where you're like, oh, the individual's killing everybody. Yeah, but they needed to figure out who was in their lineup. If this gets transy where they need to be, all will be forgiven, and there will be no issues with anything. In all honesty, transy still beat anybody in their conference. Now, Wittenberg is right there, but you know they're in a slightly different conference. So Transy's still really good, and no, looking at their individual scores, if you put their five five best scores of all the people they had there together, they're pretty good. So we'll, we'll put a pin in Transy, but I think this could be a really big lift for Transy as they start to figure out, wait, wait, hold on. We know who's ready to go now. Now we can get the lineup right. So we'll watch carefully where Transy is next. And I th- wouldn't be surprised if they come out guns a-blazing. Also, a big shout out to Barry College, who came up uh, to Kentucky from Georgia, and man, they I mean, they they balled out. It's just incredible. Two seventy seven the last day for eleven under total is just it's just flat out getting it done. Um, man, that's good playing. And I mean, Wittenberg was rock solid all week. Two eighty six, two eighty four, two eighty five. I mean, consistent. And if you remember what we talked about towards the end of last year, it was Denison and Wittenberg. Denison and Wittenberg. They were both really good, but only one of them was going to get in. Wittenberg's here. They're they're doing what they're supposed to do. Well, I think that could be another big-time matchup as we go throughout the season of Wittenberg and Denison again. Um, also, i love to see the resurgence of Greensboro. You know, we kind of commented about them in the rankings earlier this year in the podcast. And, hey, here they show up. They finished third, four under. They had a 280 last day. All right, Greensboro guys. Great. Now let's see you go. We're going to go get you back in the South and we're going to go up against some of the big boys. But hey, look, we know Guilford's probably not as good as they were last year. So can Greensboro step into that same kind of spot and start to say, hey, we're here and we're ready to go? Um, we know that the, historically they had the pedigree to do that. So let's keep our eye on Greensboro as we go down there as well. 
Some of the other Midwest schools that finished uh, a little lower down the chart, I thought Otterbein and Milliken played well. They looked good, too. Um, I like their teams. Talking to both of their coaches, I think I, I like where they're headed. I, I think um, I think Milliken is somebody to keep your eye on. I, I think they got their eye set on Illinois Wesleyan. I don't know that they can take them down just yet, but I think they're marching in that direction. They got progressively better uh, at the Transy Tournament with 298, 290. 291, then 287. Um, Otterbein is who we thought they were. We ex- we expect them to do fairly well. Like we said, Webster looked pretty good. Uh, a lot of this stuff's going to come down to conferences. But I think as we get into this, I, you know, we'll look back at some of these results. But from the top seven or eight, I think it's pretty clear that we've got some really good golf being played, and I'm really excited about kind of the next couple weeks of golf to really dig in more and start to get some rankings and start to put some things together. All right, now we're going to look forward to next week. Um, next week, we're going to look at some results from the Carthage Tournament, which we know is is coming out. Uh, Gustavus is having a tournament, and Rhodes is having a tournament. So we'll be keeping our eye on those three. On the ladies' side, there's a few northern tournaments, but also uh, Huntington hosting. Again, I think that a lot of people are going to be in that uh, Huntington tournament. So I'll be really interested to watch the results there. I don't have the, the full rosters yet of who's showing up there, but we'll keep our eye on that. The other thing we're going to start doing next week, um, we're going to try to preview the NCAA preview down at Michigan. We're going to call up one of our good old friends who won a national championship at the Mission Inn and have them come on and tell everybody what to expect uh, when they go down for the NCAA preview here in mid-September. So until then, get them straight. Cheers.